morning and welcome to BP in the AM. I'm Regis Bachman. And I'm Kelly Bunyipa. We hope your morning is nice and mysterious already. I gotta tell you, Kelly, I had a cup of the unknown already this morning, and I have to say, I feel great! Oh, Reed, you're too much. Boy, we do have a great spooky show for you, though. Boy, we sure do. I gotta tell you, it was tough getting here today. Traffic was a mess. Oh. It took forever because they closed the Otloff Pass for who knows what. Oh, no, and I'll bet that was a Jersey devil of a time. You just sit in traffic and the time slips away, huh, Reege? Well, it's okay, because we have some great segments for you today. Later in the show, we have our very own Mad Chef Rasputin, who will be showing us the recipe for his favorite dessert, death by chocolate, bullets, poison, and ultimately drowning cake. Oh, I hear it's to die for. Almost. Almost. (laughs) Well, we'll see what the boys in the GMO labs are cooking up for us. A nice, juicy, protein-recombinant beef patty smothered in low-cal cheese made right in the lab. And some Roundup-ready corn on the cob with built-in handles. Uh, I heard those cows couldn't even support their own body weight. You bet. Mm, That's going to taste so great on the summer grill. Mm, It sure will. And we're going to check in with our gift expert, Jin who's got some great ideas for your Christmas wish list. It is never too early to start shopping. I just can't wait to see that. And we'll check in with our spring-heeled health correspondent, Dr. Jack, who's going to talk to us about the importance of random breast exams. Look out! He's checked you twice today already! (laughs) (laughs) He sure has. But right now, our first guest needs no introduction. You've heard about it. You've wondered about it briefly. Haints and tickets, put your hands together for voodoo! Who do? Voodoo! <laughs> We're canceled. <laughs> hey, everybody. I am David Flora. And I am David Stack. Oh. And this is. Wait, wait, I'm not done. Okay. Oh. Now I'm done. And this is Blurry Photos. <laughs> it was worth it, right? Yep. Sure was. <laughs> so I uh, hope everybody's doing okay. Got a good one for you. Better than okay. Better than okay. Mm hmm. Senator, love your suit. <laughs> I don't know. That just, <laughs> that just, that just I don't All right. know, that sparked that. Yep. Yep. Stecco, what have you been up to this week? Oh, man. I've been into the outdoors. Went camping. You've been into the outdoors. Yeah, I went out into it. That's great. It was awesome. I haven't been, I don't get to camp as much since I moved to Chicago as I would like. And it's, it's fun yeah. to get to put all your stuff in a backpack and then that's what you have. Yeah. Go figure. Yeah. Um, I would, I, I want to go camping soon. Yeah, you should. We in, should. Yeah. In fact, uh, I might I might try to get something together. Although if I do, it'll probably be all uh, messy and last minute and stuff. And That's what camping's all about. Okay. I, I did have a, a great awkward moment when someone mentioned campfire stories. Yeah. And uh, one of the people I was camping with is Lolo Raka. That's that's her official designation. One of our one of our most ardent fans, I might add. Nice. She was like, Dave, Stacko, you you know campfire stories. And I, and, and I had to say, like, you know as well as I do that they all suck. And she was like, oh, yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was tough finding a good story yeah. out of there. Cool. Yeah. And uh, what have you, you been up to this week, Flora? Well, I, uh, I actually went to a, uh, a Buddhist temple for a, a Ginza festival. Sweet. That's the cut a tin can as easily as a tomato knife festival, right? What was that? Ginsu, Ginza. Oh, my bad. I didn't. Sorry. Who laid a tomato? No, like Ginsu knives. Yeah, yeah, I know what a Ginsu knife is. I was pretending that you went to a festival that was all about the Ginsu knife. Oh, I see. That's awesome. What did you see there? Well, I'll 
I'll tell you what. It was, <laughs> that it was sounded like fun. I was like... You're, you're really setting me up for it. <laughs> I know. It better be good. <laughs> well, in this clip, uh, you see me... <laughs> they had some kendo uh, de- demonstration there. Oh, sweet. Uh, they had some uh, traditional dancing going on. And then my favorite, taiko drumming. Wow. I love taiko drums, but I don't know if I could put taiko drums ahead of uh, kendo demonstrations. I, I'm not a big fan of kendo because Did- it, it's just too quick for me. Yeah. I, I like a good good I like good sword play. It's like lunch snack. Okay. Yeah. Reset. Yeah. It's like oh tick tick and done. Did they did they uh, ask if anyone from the audience wanted to come up and give it a shot? No. No, you know what they did? They they plugged, you know, a class that they have or something, but no, they didn't. <laughs> Is that that's over in your neighborhood? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. should do it. Yeah, I I might, but I I'd be more into looking to see if they have uh Tyco auditions to to join their You don't their have ensemble. to pick, man. You can do both. <laughs> uh, that's true. They both involve sticks. So. Yep. Not the same sticks. Make sure you don't like screw that up. Because <laughs> if you show up with just a drum mallet, you're going to get wailed on. <laughs> They're not going to take it easy on you. Or if I show up you. to drum in a mask and whole <laughs> body suit. Yeah. So so it was really neat. That's that's why oh, I that's did today. Awesome. I, I hadn't hadn't been to that in the years. I've been in Chicago and I've always wanted to go. What does the what is the Ginza festival like? What 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 is Ginza? Is that a is that the name of a of a holiday or? Well, we looked it up actually. I wasn't sure. So uh, it, it's actually a, a district in Tokyo that's known for uh, entertainment, uh-huh. uh, and they uh, they do this as a fundraiser for the temple. Oh, cool! So it's not part of like the Buddhist tradition. This is just for the. It's a, a thing that that particular temple does. Yeah, it's, it's a summer thing. They and they do it every year, and they've been doing it for a while. Yeah, like, since like since fifty six. Yeah. yeah. That's so, awesome. I wish I had checked that out, but I was elsewhere. I that's that's what has happened to me every every year so far that that I've been in in town here. It's always like, oh yeah, this this is happening uh, this this weekend in August. I'm gonna go uh, check it out, and then all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute, that was last weekend. No, yeah. son of a. So, you know, uh, today for work I went to the uh, sandwich. Illinois Antiques Fair, as oh, I've mentioned I mean, before. Who, in, who in, doesn't know about in the, that? Yeah, in the beautiful town of Sandwich. Um, I, I mentioned before, I work for uh, uh, an auction house, for an art and antiques auction house, and we were going out there to talk to people. And I scored something that I, I feel like like, like we, we paved our, our own future here because I scored a completely badass belt buckle. <laughs> it's an antique belt buckle. It says it's it says CB on it, and it's got a little radio. It says breaker breaker ten four convoy. Come on, um, I feel like like this was the universe rewarding us for a really good show intro. Yeah, that's great. I'm gonna have the back engraved with the uh, the sidewinder. <laughs> <laughs> nice. We'll have to take a picture of that and, and uh, put it up. Yeah. So that's why I I didn't get to go to the Ginza Festival because I had to work. Well, and clearly you you got. Uh, you got something to take home. Yeah, yeah. I I'm just not got too the memories and, yeah. and the fun to take home. Yeah, it's it's as though I, uh, I don't know, maybe I engaged in some, maybe I un, an unwittingly pleased some deity and sort of paved the path for me to get that belt buckle. It's, it's as though I had yeah. engaged in some sort of ritualistic uh, series of religious practices in order to some shape s- the course of my own destiny. That's, uh, that's interesting. And now you've got this, this item here that you can take with you. A talisman luck. of sorts, yeah. Yeah, and stuff. And, uh, oh, oh, and uh, this morning um, I cut the throats of three goats. Does that matter? That'll do it too. That'll, that'll that, is that a part of it? That'll... Today we're talking about voodoo, voodoo everybody. Voodoo, it's spooky stuff. 
you go lounge lizard. I go uh, Godsmack when nice. I think of it. Yeah, you know what? I Godsmack really effed my research. Oh yeah, I was real sick of seeing that. I don't even know what the Godsmack song is. No, you oh. don't. Is it the one that goes? No. Okay. <laughs> I tried. I took a swing at it. I no. I'm not sure that that's God's back either. So mm. disconnect that neuron. Okay. Um, you're fired. <laughs> no, it's the one that goes. Uh, voodoo, voodoo. No. No. Voodoo. Try it again. Voodoo. <laughs> Is that the only words I'm of the song? Coming back again. No. Okay, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go through it if it hasn't rung a bell yet. It's no, not gonna, that bell is that, the belfry's empty. It's quiet. So. Uh, today we're gonna talk about uh, what the what voodoo is, what the what its history is, and some of the myths and stereotypes that go along with it. Yeah, uh, because there are a bunch. Man, there are, and and voodoo is a very complex uh, religion with totally. a lot of very uh, specific. It's it's. It's as old, it potentially far older than Christianity, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and and much like uh, modern Christianity, there are a lot of subdivisions that are very important. Yeah, yeah, and uh, throughout the history, because of its age, uh, it has evolved quite a bit, and we'll get into some of those evolutions, and we'll talk about how that that happened, and uh, all yeah. kinds of fun stuff with this one. That's right. And the, now, one thing we'll uh, we'll kick this off with is uh, if you say voodoo. You're doing it wrong. Yeah. It's it's pronounced more accurately voodoo. Voodoo. Although the term voodoo mm-hmm. generally refers to a, a type of religion practiced by millions of people all yep. over the world. Uh, more specifically, though, as uh, as Dave just mentioned, it's incorrectly used for the religions of Louisiana voodoo, Haitian voodoo, mm-hmm. and hoodoo. Yeah, that's uh, who would have thought that Creedence Clearwater Revival was actually trying to teach us something. <laughs> it's it's been in a lot of people of were chasing songs. down the hoodoo there. Yeah, they really were. <laughs> <laughs> of those, each 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 of them is a bit different, uh, but they all have roots in the West African religion of Vodun. Voodoo is generally defined as spirit, mm-hmm. and as a religion, it's loosely defined as the belief that humans and spirits share the world. That everything is connected, and that spirits can sometimes interact with the human realm. That's not all that there is to it. That's very, very basic tenets. There's no scripture or main world authority. No. Nope. Though there are ordained clergy in voodoo communities. And uh, and the thing that I found was really interesting is uh, one of the common threads through this is the I don't you know because it's one I'm more familiar with. But I'll contrast with Christianity probably a lot over the course of this episode. But okay. Um, whereas uh, Christians go to church to commune with God mm-hmm. and to kind of share like their community and uh, and learn that way, the practitioners of Odu go to become God temporarily. In some cases, they they go to be to to become possessed mm-hmm. and to to feel it to feel it. In the, and it's it's not necessarily their their single God. Like for example, uh, Haitian voodoo mm-hmm. has a uh, Bondi yeah. as as the 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 overarching deity. And the thing that I find fascinating is that they're like, oh, yeah, that's the name of God. He will not help you. Yeah. He does not care who you are or what you're doing. He built it he's all. He's a good guy. Yeah. Built it all, and he's not going to intercede. However, 
He's got like a whole bunch of secretaries and you can bribe the you can I mean yeah. it's like it's like a bureaucracy. Like yeah. You'll never get to the CEO's office, but I know his assistant and I know he's looking for tickets to Book of Mormon next week. Right. You know, like it, it's it's this kind of interesting transactional he's, idea. I, I know his his assistant and he likes fried chicken and rum. Right. Yeah, and so, so. you can you can you can barter with uh his his lesser uh, deities mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and 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 entreat them, and they will uh, intercede for your benefit or for the uh, the uh, the punishment of others, however you like it. And they, they, yeah, they 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 want sacrifice, or they they they're things that they're they're each individually interested in getting, and you can bring that to them in yeah. order to earn their favor. And I think that's a, that that's such an interesting concept. Yeah, and and different from from lots of other stuff that that we have yeah. uh, talked about before in other religions mm-hmm. and and you you even get a little sniff of that in in christianity in in some of like sects um where you have people praying to mary and uh, you saints know, yeah the and the intercessionist idea of yeah of praying we'll, to saints yeah and of, we'll we'll talk about a lot of the the catholic elements that get right. integrated and, and mixed in and stuff with the uh, voodoo there is no devil or hell there is a creator god that uh, dave mm-hmm. mentioned earlier referred to as bondier Bondier's, oh, you said it way better than I was. I was like, his name's Bondo. <laughs> Y'all mean him? Y'all say Rajon Bondo? <laughs> Plays for the Celtic? I thought it was Bondier. Bo- it's, it's say it again. Bondier. Oh, I like that. You you, you got it. But then again, you're the one that can do the Creole accent, and I can't. So <laughs> you, 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 you have the tools. Bondier is genderless, uh, neither good nor evil, and is removed from people. Like we said, there's no communication, no contact. But He's busy. But for, it's busy. As far as anybody can tell, he's he's still a, a loving guy or girl, uh, which which at that point, I mean, you might as well think the best of him sure. or her. It man, that's never going to stop effing us, is it? No, we'll we'll refer to Bondier as uh, he from now on. Just, yeah, just for the sake of ease, you know, we're not so we don't anybody. Have to, we will be here all night. Now let's get into a little bit of these uh, the hundreds of intermediary spirits which can interact with humans. These, they're called the Loa, mm-hmm. and they can be prayed to and have rituals performed for them to assist with everything from health and wealth to weather, or like we said earlier, uh, uh, doing some harm to somebody. Yeah, they, sometimes sometimes you need somebody whacked. Maybe sometimes you got to send the message. And somebody that uh, doesn't have any tracks behind yeah. them uh, can cover things well, up pretty well. I'm sorry, officer, if it would seem a supernatural power took issue with this guy being a complete douchebag and maybe did something about it. As you can see, my hands are clearly clean. By the way, pay no attention to the goat caucus that is in the back of my trunk. <laughs> I am uh, on the uh, Atkins diet. <laughs> and it is a smack goat. <laughs> Uh, music and dance are huge parts of ceremonies. Mm-hmm. Herbalism is important, uh, as is re- the respect for the natural world. A lot of this, I, I, I guess I'll, I guess I'll. Don't you shake your notebook at me? I'll, I'm, I'm going to shake real quick here. I, a lot of this stuff sniffs of other things, which I, I'm not going to say the W word, but it only sniffs at it because I went and looked it up just to compare. And it's different enough to where I'm not even going to yeah. say the W word. If I was going to guess, I would say there were certain things co-opted because Voodoo being as old and venerable a religion as it is, mm-hmm. it's got cred by a lot of people. Yeah. And if you're a bored private school college student, you know maybe cred is something that is in short supply. 
Yeah, I did uh, it. Contact us. We uh, <laughs> Good thing we have a Wharton filter. <laughs> Anything from Wharton or Brown just goes straight to spam. Sorry, kids. <laughs> no Vassar emails here. Um, <laughs> Voodoo is embraced by those who uh, understand their imperfections, uh-huh. uh, basically. And, and it supports individual empowerment, uh, experience, and responsibility. Those are those are some uh, major tenets that run throughout all these different shoots of of the the tree here. Yeah, is I think I think is sect is the right word though, wasn't it? I, I it seems yes. negative, but it denominations. Yeah, because I mean it, this is this is how fuzzy it is, you know. Because there's no real is, hierarchy. And, yeah, you know, I think it is on. sect. Okay, well, because if the Haitian voodoo practitioners decided to go to war with Louisiana voodoo. It would be described as sectarian violence. Okay. Well, we'll go with sect when we need to. Right. It will probably not come back up again. (laughs) I will steer this boat away from those rocks. There are, uh, going back to the ordained clergy that we we talked about, there are what's called Hungan, who are male priests, and Mambo, who are female priests. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't think we could get away with that. <laughs> Mambo number five. I know, I know. I, I, I got it from your... <laughs> the trumpets. They, the Hungan and the Mambo, lead the services. Uh, they also serve as mentors and advisors mm-hmm. to uh, the followers in their uh, community. There are also what are called Bokor, which are sorcerers, who sometimes are also uh, the priests. A Bokor could be a Hungan or a mambo, they serve the loa with both hands. That's that's the term for it, which means they practice light and dark magic. Oh, okay. So they're the ones, if you want to put a curse on someone, you go find a bokor. Mm-hmm. Also, if you want to bless somebody, give somebody some good luck, you could find a bokor. Yeah. They practice with both hands. And you know what? It really helps the relationship with the Bokor, if you're not just, just don't always bring the negative stuff to them. They'll know <laughs> that you value them a lot more if you bring the positive stuff and the negative stuff in equal and try to give them like two weeks warning if you really need to bring up something bad. It's important to maintain, foster a good relationship with your Bokor. They're uh, not just, they're not just curse machines. They I hate I, that. They hate that. I've got this sound effect from a prior episode and I'm going to pull it out now. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. One source uh, of of researching Vodou and, and all this uh, fun stuff, Yahoo Answers. It, n- not not that one, but okay. that that Sorry. one does have some fun stuff. Uh, one source that I read made it seem very fatalistic. Really, uh, saying there are no accidents, uh, that you know everything's connected, no event has a life of its own. That's that's pretty fatalistic, you know. And uh, also, uh, uh, not to be forgotten, the Ancestor worship is very important in voodoo, voodooism. They uh, they revere their elders. Well, that's that makes sense. I mean, uh, most of the practitioners that I that I've seen I, there's and there's actually a fair number of really great documentaries online. Yeah, about uh, voodoo in, in in different parts of the world, and they, you know, it's 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 a, a it's a family event. Everybody comes out. Yeah. The stuff that uh, that goes on with rituals and ceremonies and stuff, it's definitely the event yeah. to, to go to. Now, it's not like to say that only happens, you know, once or twice a year for each community. These things happen, you know, all the time, if not every, at least once a week, you know. Yeah. So. And, and, and seeing footage of them, it's fascinating. Um, 
not only are there, is the ritual very interesting and, and the reasons behind it, uh, and I really would encourage you to look it up because uh, you know a lot of these documentaries they discuss the importance of blood and why uh, blood sacrifice is used. Um, there was one a, a really great interview with a, a mambo, and she was talking about how you know the animals aren't tortured; it's not uh, it's, right. it's indistinguishable from slaughtering for the purposes of consumption True. of meat. But it, it's also interesting to see how much these uh, these ceremonies have in common. Um, you'll see that it, between uh, those ceremonies, or for example, like like you were mentioned, dancing earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dancing into sort of a trance-like state, then chanting. Mm-hmm. Um, so it brings to mind things like uh, the whirling dervishes. Yeah, the Sufi. Uh, yeah, the Sufi. Also, um, some of the the really charismatic Christian sects, the Southern Baptists, the snake handlers, things and shakers, like that. Quakers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, this this these modes of communication with God, whoever you choose that to be, mm-hmm. are all very very similar. And and it, I think it's it's interesting to see that. Oh yeah. Totally. Let's talk a little bit about the history, uh, and then we will go into parsing out the Haitian voodoo, Louisiana voodoo, some hoodoo. We'll go into a little bit more detail on on those. I love that. I love that hoodoo is real. <laughs> it very much is. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, it's been said, and and we have mentioned it that voodoo has roots in some of the world's oldest religions, and some estimate that it has continually evolved for almost ten thousand years. This, we mentioned it earlier, but 10,000 years, yeah. it, it may have had some roots that long ago and been uh, growing and changing ever since. Its origins have been traced, like we said, to West Africa around the present-day Benin, Togo, and Nigeria. Mm-hmm. During the 17th, 18th, and 19th centuries, uh, when uh, many Africans were forcibly shipped to the West Indies in the horrible slave trade, right. uh, they brought their religion with them to places like Haiti and uh, the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Vodou was suppressed by the colonials, mostly French colonials at the time. Oh man, you uh, think about think about that in a historical context. I mean, these are the people from darkest Africa worshiping their dark demon lords, right? Using right. blood, and you know, I mean, this is like their their nightmare. Yeah, and and it's because they didn't understand it; they mm-hmm. feared it. Uh, it didn't fit with their Christian beliefs. Ignoring the fact that every Sunday they drink the blood of Christ. You know, we'll just <laughs> you know gloss over that and because of this practice of voodoo was done secretly even while the slaves there were forced to go to mass every sunday they would still go to mass but it's like they they did it with their fingers crossed right and then they came back and were like let's, now it's let's... time to go to tough guy church <laughs> bring the goat did you hear about the uh uh code noir from louis the 14th no Louis Fourteenth issued this decree called the Code Noir, or the Black Code, mm-hmm. to the colonies there, uh, which said that they, the colonials had to force the Africans to adopt Christianity. They had to baptize them. They had to make sure that they erased you know, their past Because up till then, they'd had it so easy. Yeah. We bet it might as well. <laughs> Damn. That's yeah. just terrible. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, Code Noir. With doing the the ceremonies in secret and, mm-hmm. and uh, practicing their you know their own religion, many of the practices were blended with the Christian ones to disguise them. Right, they didn't want to get in trouble, but they still wanted to to worship the way they wanted to. And if someone is playing along at home, I hope that they finally get to shout bingo for 
the seventh or eighth or twelfth episode where we talk about the Christian practice of co-oping regional uh, religions in order to slowly <laughs> subvert them. Oh, 72. <laughs> Bingo! The lowest spirits that we talked about, they were replaced with the Catholic saints. So you get whatever Loa had uh, the... So that's when the saints came marching in? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you burned it. <laughs> uh, I was fine. I was okay with it. I knew what I was doing. All right. <laughs> you like to play with fire. <laughs> The individual loa will correspond to something different. One of them may be for weather. One of them may be uh, for wealth. Mm-hmm. One of them may be for love or something. In a in a sense, the Catholic saints do this as well. And so they kind of took whatever saint uh, represented the those qualities and put that name on the loa that they that they wanted. Right. So you know, uh, and we'll have. I, I think I've got a couple of examples of this uh, a little later for a little bit more detail than me just saying, oh, they did this with somebody else. In 1751, there was a one-armed slave named McCandle that escaped his captors and fled to the mountains in Haiti. It wasn't me. It was the one-armed man. (laughs) A Vodou Hungan, he united other escaped slaves, and they raided plantations for six years before he was caught. And then he was burned at the stake in 1758. But some people say, and by people I mean some witnesses, <laughs> maybe, okay. say that he transformed into a bird as he was burning and flew away. Which proved to them that he was a, a devout uh, voodoo priest. Wow. Pretty weird, huh? I mean, what do you what do you happens when you're like, we caught him, we're burning him. Problem solved, though, now he's a bird. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, you'd think that would shake some of your beliefs, right? That and and then, does the guy who said burn him did he sleep well that night? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If uh, if you're a surviving member, of the- <laughs> if you're a Highlander who happened to be in the Caribbean <laughs> around this time, please send us an email. Uh, we know there can be only one. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, uh, Haitian refugees fled uh, to Southern America, mostly to New Orleans, around that part, and Louisiana, down around there. Uh, and voodoo practices continued to evolve to survive. Yep. They had to, you know, kind of adapt wherever they went. And uh, they melded beliefs of African voodoo, the Haitian voodoo, Catholicism, uh, and some Native American spiritualism in what is now known as Louisiana voodoo. Mm-hmm. Then uh, more evolution, coupled with late 19th and early 20th century migrations out of the Mississippi Delta region, produced the folk spirituality known as hoodoo. Today it's uh, hard to know just how many practice voodoo, voodoo, hoodoo, all that stuff. It's really hard to estimate because there's no real world authority. Yeah, and and the nature of it is that it it does sort of exist very quietly. Yeah, that it it not not as a personally. It's a, exactly it is it has been a, a religious belief that has been extremely persecuted in the New World, mm-hmm. uh, anywhere outside of West Africa. Um, it's always been the the uh, kept on the on the down low. It's always performed almost in secret. Like you said, people going to mm-hmm. you know Christian mass and then being like, okay, it's time to really go do something. Yeah. Um, and so that there's a, a tradition of secrecy that, that comes with that. 
Yeah. And uh, and you, you see that difference very, very quickly when you see the, the way that ceremonies are performed in the New World as opposed to the way ceremonies are performed in West Africa to this mm-hmm. day. I mean, in West Africa, I mean, it's, you know, middle of the street, everyone comes in, it's a big deal. Um, but even even in the United States or, or in Haiti, still performed in, in, in quiet, small rooms. You know, there's, yeah. you, you see there's like that, that almost a cultural secrecy to it. Because it's been attacked for hundreds of years, hundreds of years, people are, are still afraid to practice it openly, you know, in the, in the Americas, yep. around in, in here, anywhere pretty much out of, outside of West Africa. Uh, because, you know, for, for fear of the ridicule that they'll get from the misrepresentation that has happened and the uh, straight-up repression that, that has mm-hmm. happened of it. Uh, so let's uh, let's talk a little bit about Haitian voodoo, Louisiana voodoo, and hoodoo. Let's oh, let's man. see what what we yeah. got in these these things. Put them in their respective categories. Haitian voodoo originated in the French slave colony of Saint Domingue. Practitioners avoid spelling it voodoo because of the misconceptions, and we're going to get into these uh, these stereotypes and these myths that that go along with yep. with, with this uh, in in just a little bit. But um, like we said, they they believe in Bondier and Loa. Uh, some of the popular Loa include Papa Legba, who is the gatekeeper or guardian of the crossroads. Mm-hmm. This is one of the ones that I, I said earlier. If you want a related uh, saint, it would be Saint Peter who guards the gate to heaven, yep. right? Papa Legba, Saint Peter. That would be same, night shift, same day dude. shift. They, yeah. You know. <laughs> Urzuli Frida is the Loa spirit of love and beauty. And then we get uh, my favorite, uh, Baron Samedi, who is the guardian of the grave. Sound familiar? Yeah. Any any James Bond fans out yeah. there? Yeah. Uh, he's often pictured as a tall, slender, but muscular black man with a skull face, either, either a skull or a painted skull. Uh, he wears a black top hat and dark glasses. And he's uh, he's very powerful, and uh, he's also a very staunch protector of children. Uh, he's he's a popular image, when very, it, when, very in terms so, of yeah. voodoo and voodoo and all, all that good stuff. And, and not not even uh, I mean, obviously, there's the James Bond reference that's a very big deal, but also this is like this is the kind of stuff that that goths just inhale. <laughs> I mean, he's got like a steampunk top hat and on a skull on his face, and he's like the guardian of the underworld. I mean, where do you, that, that's the longest line there is at, at you know, goth fascination. <laughs> Sometimes wears dark, uh, dark glasses and, and tuxes. Yeah. He's in tuxedos. Everything about this guy is tailor-made. I, I like his style, though. Yeah, like, no, he's, he's cool. He's pretty cool. <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know, if you want to get the goths on your side, he, he knows he hit every switch he could. <laughs> Haitian voodoo disapproves of greed and dishonor. They're uh, real bad news for uh, practitioners. Uh, generosity and love is highly valued. That's good stuff. Which, again, I'm, I'm so glad to, to, to have that spoken because like so many things that were done as a part of the, the Christianization of the new world, mm-hmm. there is like this kind of cultural bias against it. Like if you, I don't know anything about it, but I know it's pretty bad news. Yeah. You know, that's, it just isn't. It's not. It's right. not bad news. It's, it's, it's just pretty much di- the opposite. It's a, it's a different religion, you know. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just not the one that you have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, during a ceremonial service, which, by the way, uh, can take days to prepare, 
the Loa can possess individuals and uh, speak or act through them, which we mentioned uh, a while ago. But you get the the dancing, people work up into Mm -hmm. a fevered dance, and then, you know, they they shake and and they they become possessed by the Loa who they are invoking. Mm Mm-hmm. And then the lower through that body will take on whatever is, is you know, offered at the time. They, they might partake of the sacrifice that is being given. They or might uh, taste drink, the blood or... Yeah, they might drink the rum. They might smoke the cigar. They basically become the spirit there for, for a little while, yeah. not long. And then they leave. And then the, the person who has been possessed claims no memory of what just happened. Yeah, the the official uh, belief is that only one consciousness can inhabit a body at a time. Hmm. And so while while the Loa is is in town, you're, you're out on the street, buddy. Yeah. yeah. There are things called Veves, which Veves kids. <laughs> yeah. Which are uh, symbols or patterns that are drawn onto the floor, often with uh, a cornmeal, and they're used as a beacon for Loa. And each one is specific, depending on which loa you want to uh, invoke. Huh. They're they're very pretty and they're very elaborate. If you were to look up, uh, it's spelled V E V E. If you were to look them up uh, online, you you might see uh, a few on there. The designs are are pretty neat. But they'll put these patterns on the floor, uh, and they just they draw the loa to the ceremony there. See that to me that that sounds uh, uh, sort of like the Tibetan mandalas, the the sand, the very elaborate sand paintings hmm. that they they spend you know up to a week working on them and then they destroy them completely. Is that anything like um, Zen gardens, rock gardens? Uh, no, uh, only in that the mandalas are they're an act of worship, almost uh, not worship per se, but. Um, it's the, the the intense focus that it takes to create one, oh, I see. and then and then the transient nature they, they they create it with sand, and when it's done, they sweep it away, and I'll spend a week working on it. Just so. like improv. <laughs> uh, but whereas the Zen garden, the point is the permanence, the slow evolution of a of a perfect a harmonious system. Gotcha. Cool. Uh, something that that uh, I think we should look at sometime in the future. Agreed. Very cool. So those are veves. Uh, so those are some uh, real basic things uh, that go along with the Haitian voodoo. Let's talk about Louisiana voodoo. Okay. It's all snicker bars and Vienna sausages. I want to call on the spirit of the swamp. <laughs> I offer you this snicker ball and this Vienna sausage. Uh-huh. And this fifth of Jack Daniels. <laughs> Wild turkey. <laughs> Uh, so it's uh, it's similar to, but not the same as the Haitian voodoo, mm-hmm. right? Because it, it evolved from that. Uh, there's more influence from Native American, uh, Spanish, and Creole folkways. There's an emphasis on what's called grigri, yeah, and paraphernalia and uh, um, voodoo queens. That's a popular thing that yeah. that happened. This is this is the part of the story where the uh, the ignominious voodoo doll. Shows up also. Oh yeah, but but also it, it, very important to point out. Again, the Louisiana uh, voodoo is much more a tangible, like just like like you said, is a, a lot more paraphernalia, and the voodoo doll is just another tool in the in the the toolbox. It's yeah. not. Well, we'll we'll get to that one in in our stereotypes. That's one of the big ones that right. uh, uh, people when you when you think of voodoo. Yeah, yeah. Think voodoo doll, right? And and again, we're all, one thing we're we're really not going to go into aside from acknowledging it is the idea of like the voodoo zombie, 
so aside from acknowledging, and, and maybe at some point in the future we'll do a zombie episode or something, but uh, discussing the zombie as a part of a discussion of voodoo is like uh, discussing exorcism as a part of a, a treatise on, on the Christian religion. It doesn't really... You, you see, it, like it, it, it drags it kind of off to an, an area that we're not really going into. But yeah, we'll uh, take a few heads off though with uh, <laughs> nice, with, well done. With some of the stereotype uh, right. debunking though. But uh, uh, let's talk about the Grigri real quick. Okay, okay. This is uh, <laughs> I, I see what you did. This is an amulet of protection in the uh, form of a small cloth or a leather bag. Uh, containing a ritual number of small objects in it. The term may come from uh, an African term, juju. Mm -hmm. You hear that a lot. Mm -hmm. And it's sometimes inscribed with verses from the Quran because it was originally associated with Islamic tradition to ward off jinn. Whoa. Pretty crazy, huh? I like that little uh, yarn. Voodoo queens. These were 19th century female voodoo leaders. They were the uh, the go-tos for spells, charms, mm-hmm. you know, whatever you need. The most famous was Marie Laveau in the 1830s. She was renowned for her skills as an oracle, uh, spellcaster, spiritual leader. And if you go to New Orleans, her name's all over the place. Yeah. Mostly because they've taken uh, they they've taken this larger than life persona of Marie Laveau, and they have uh, turned it into an industry. Yeah, voodoo. To sell. Yeah, it, and voodoo is a part of the the New Orleans tourist industry. Yeah, and and a lot of people will tell you if that's where you're going for your voodoo needs, you're probably going to the wrong place. Right. Uh, because that's that's tourist industry. <laughs> that's not the real uh, religion. But uh, Marie Laveau had an a interesting, uh, interesting life down there. And uh, uh, I, I saw something that said uh, her grave may be more visited than Elvis's grave. Really? Yeah. Well, that, you know what, though? That doesn't, that doesn't terribly surprise me, um, especially you know, given the religious nature of, of, of one's ancestors and, and things like that. So why would that not be an important? True. And people still kind of invoke or call upon her to help mm-hmm. them you know, in, their, in their voodoo needs. So, last but not least, let's talk about hoodoo. Oh, yeah. Hoodoo is a folk spirituality which evolved from the Louisiana voodoo Mm -hmm. uh, in the Mississippi Delta. It focuses on root work, folk magic, and uh, a biblical perspective, and a a sort of form of karma in the sense that uh, whatever you do is going to come back to you. Yep. Right? But they uh, uh, use the Bible quite a bit. Mostly as as a guide, they also it's it's also used as a talisman in hoodoo, mm-hmm. and it, it's not necessarily like using it in the literal sense, or it, it's more like here are some good you know things to follow, and you can find if you have a problem, you can find find solutions to it in the, in the pages here. If you need uh, something to to help ward off, you know, hold it up, use it, whatever yeah. you need. But they they don't get all you know uh, super fundamentalist about you know a lot of the beliefs and stuff. So if you've got a problem, yo, they'll solve it. Just wear this gree gree while my loa resolves it. <laughs> you burned it. <laughs> you keep burning everything. Oh man, I burn everything. <laughs> Hoodoo allows people to access supernatural forces for help uh, in the form of homemade potions and charms and whatnots and, and trinkets whatnots. and doodads and goo gaws. Flip flops. 
Jim Jams. Oh, you got Jim Jams. <laughs> I wanted that one. Uh, it it uh, doesn't require minister though. Nope. This is uh, this is kind of the ultimate form of uh, a personal religion. Mm-hmm. You know, you 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 get the stuff that you need from whoever's uh, whoever knows you know and distributes the stuff, and then you go home and and uh, ritualistically you utilize it. And and I think I think that the the basis for this is uh, uh, geographic isolationism. I think that as these beliefs, these people, like you said, the diaspora out of uh, the deep south. Uh, in the early 19th century and people moving into you know, the Appalachian Mountains, people getting into more uh, remote areas. And, and the swamps, and not the to swamps, mention. Yeah. Yeah. Even within the swamps. Uh, and they're, they're less inclined to run into other people. There's not a regular uh, community right. of practitioners. And so everyone is, it is a very self-driven thing. And I think that that leads to that. Just think about how quickly these different sects have broken off, uh, you know, just since the, 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 in, you know, the beginning of the slave trade, you know, 400 years ago, because all of the, the Vodou is, is such an internalized belief system. People carry it with them wherever they go. And then it, it, it does change. It incorporates other things. And, and finally, you know, where it's at now with, uh, the folk hoodoo that, that it makes sense. These people are they're They're more isolated. They don't see each other as much. And so they just kind of, they kind of wing it. They kind yeah. of, they give to it what they need and, and then that's that it helps that that interesting evolution of this religious system. Yeah. So uh so those are our real quick breakdowns of of three big voodoo sects, I guess. Yeah. If we're going with that. So, let's close out by talking about the stereotypes. Yeah. And by stereotypes, I mean this what has happened to this religion is uh Hollywood. Right. And uh and like we said the early uh, Christian colonists. Right. Hollywood which was informed by the the Christian, you know, viewpoint, <laughs> Christian agenda. Really? I mean, in a pretty oblique agenda at that. I mean, they poisoned the name of of voodoo because mm-hmm. of, you know, a couple of films talking about Hollywood because of a a couple of films, um some books that were written about it really made it seem like it was just Satan worship. It was nothing but sacrifice, evil, cannibalism. Right. You know, you name it if it's bad and and voodoo does it. And one of one of the ones that we uh, mentioned zombies, Bokors, the sorcerers, it was said can revive the dead and control them. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's completely false. <laughs> yeah, serpent in the rainbow. Yeah, uh, did you ever see that? Yeah. Don't I, let I, them I, bury me. I'm not dead. It was about the uh Clairvius Narcisse, is that right? I mean, I saw it when it came out, so that was like the eighties. Okay, well, that that was a book that was that mm-hmm. was written, and this film, I guess, was was based on it. But like, there is a story of uh, this Haitian named Clairvius uh, Narcisse that was a, uh, apparently he he went to the doctor one day and said he you know was having uh, stomach pains and I ain't and, feeling good. Yeah, doc. he's not feeling good, and then uh, a couple of days later he dies. They hold a service, they bury him. And then 18 years later, he grabs his sister on the street and says, I'm, I'm your brother. Let me tell you my story. I have been a zombie for the past 18 years. Oh. And according to him, a, uh, a bokor had sprinkled him with some powder and dug him up three days later and then forced him to work on his sugar plantation until uh, somehow one of the other workers killed the bokor or, or, or whoever was overseeing them with a with a hoe, and then that allowed them to escape. Now, wow. that story, they, they have done 
research on on it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and tried to see what's what's going on. If it was just a real tall tale that he's he's spinning, or if there's something to it. And what they found is that uh, some people can be under the influence of uh, powerful drugs, namely tetrodotoxin, which uh, comes from the pufferfish. And it's been said that uh, some bocors or general jackasses yeah. can mix together some powder, which includes maybe like ground up human bone, some of this uh, uh, toxic stuff from pufferfish, right. some you know plants, some showmanship junk, some right. showmanship, maybe painted a skull on the face. And uh, and they sprinkle it on people. These people, for all intents and purposes, die because mm-hmm. their system shuts down just long enough for people to think they're dead and do their final farewells. And then the uh, Bokor goes, claims the body, and then has an antidote that revives them to where the brain can take either a, a, a no damage if he gets there in time up to, you know, uh, a fair amount yeah. of damage, but what happens is that this antidote and and all all the stuff that they're doing to the to these people leaves them in this zombie like state to where they are compliant, but they're in a haze. They don't know what they're doing. All they know to do is is to breathe and I guess follow direction. But the but the important thing about that is though that's a, a case of of pharmacology and and in pretty direct affront to the Vodou religion. Sure. I mean, so so it's 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 a, it's an awful thing that they gets flung on there, um, and I would I would say of, of sort of the same thing in the way that um, right now it's really popular to, to make uh, pedophile jokes about Catholic priests. Hmm. It's not part of the religion, you know. What right. I mean? But the two end up getting oh, that's what happens now, yeah. and it's and it's it's it does a disservice in the same way it does to the Catholic faith, in the same way it does to uh, the Vodou faith. Yeah. And these these uh, bokors, they don't necessarily have to be uh, practicing voodooists, or right. uh, if they are, they're obviously doing it for their own ends, mm-hmm. you know, and their own. Yeah, there's nothing. Gain. There's nothing in voodoo that says uh, get slave labor for your plantation. Right. So uh, so, anyways, uh, but the straight up uh, zombie, you know, the films that you see where a priest does a, you know, shakes a stick and and dances right. around, and then zombies shoot up through the graves that that's that's hooey that's malarkey let's talk about the voodoo dolls voodoo dolls representations that can cause harm that's what uh that's what the classical voodoo doll is right yep. you you take a, a a likeness of someone maybe you take a lock of their hair yep. or you take uh, something that belongs to them uh and tie it on there do do some uh, uh incantations and then stick pins in it yep. whatever you do to the doll happens to the person false so false. This is not a part of voodoo. There's an origin in folk magic of things that are like voodoo dolls. Uh, and this you find in European witch folklore. These are called poppets. Yep. But they're not part of the voodoo religion. Nope. Some, some money makers, the industry, the yep. tourist industry, have adopted them to sell. I, I think this came through uh, one of the Hollywood movies, you know. But uh, in voodoo, if anybody makes a doll that's a representation of anything, it's for a loa. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's something that goes as a, as a gift to the loa as it goes on the altar. It's never, yeah. it's never your neighbor. It's, yeah. it's a, a it, it's, it's the, the spirit that you want to invoke and you treat it like you would treat if the spirit were standing there in front of you. Right. It's the equivalent of calling a crucifix a voodoo doll. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, uh, uh, sacrifice. People and or animals sacrificed in rituals. This is uh, halfway true. Right. There aren't human sacrifices. Nope. But uh, there, there's surely animal sacrifices that are going on. And um, they sacrifice animals for certain loa. Not all of them, but certain ones uh, in the rituals require sacrificial animals in there. Once they sacrifice an animal, though, they immediately cook it. Mm-hmm. And they they eat it. They use up, um, you know, just as if, like you said, they had slaughtered it for you know consumption. Right. And they the the phrase they use is that the 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 blood is for the loa, the meat is for the people. Yeah. And 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 that is is, is part of the the tenet of the of the ritual. It's that it it binds both the loa and the people together through this sacrifice that they are all sharing in the same thing. Right. So uh, while, you know, animal sacrifice in itself is, is uh, bad news, at least they are uh, doing what, they, what anybody would do if they were just raising animals for consumption. Exactly. And that's, and that's no different, uh, honestly, than, uh, say, for example, uh, the preparation of... Uh, Steakums. <laughs> Those things are born out of Satan's ass. No. <laughs> Unless you want to sponsor us, balls in your court, Stakem. Um, your move, Stakem. <laughs> no, it's but it's no different. It's it's a a ritualistic preparation um, that is not dissimilar from say uh, how you would prepare uh, kosher beef. Mm, okay, you know, like the animal is being prepared under a religious uh, set of rules mm-hmm. to be consumed. Yeah, All right, that's it. <laughs> uh-huh. How about uh, devil worship? Buh. Voodoo. <laughs> the thought that voodoo equals Satanism. Uh, this is uh, so false, it's dumb. Right. It's it's doubly <laughs> laughable in uh, that the practitioners of voodoo do not believe in a devil. There is no devil or hell. Yeah. Yeah. But but I will say this, um, and I this is not a pun, but in the devil's advocate category, oh. that under the teachings of, of the Bible being that there's only one true God, and if these people are not worshiping that one true God, then they have been deceived and are unknowingly worshiping a demon or the demon. Yeah. Well, well, well. Which, Did you ever see... At, at uh, which point you say, uh, why don't you uh, get back in your own backyard there, churchy? <laughs> what were you asking? Uh, Did you ever see The Devil's Advocate? The Keanu Reeves? Oh, yeah, I did. Al Pacino? Dude, that movie was awesome, and I will tell you why. One... It actually is a really cool uh, characterization of sin and temptation and, and how that would work in a Christian's life. Also, full frontal hot chicks. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I really like that movie too. Uh, also, though, a uh, very bad voodoo stereotype. Right, in there. yeah. Um, so, so check that out. Or, but seriously. Or... <laughs> full frontal hot chicks. One final uh, uh, stereotype for you. Uh, the use of snakes in in voodoo, snakes being a big part. Right. This is uh, true, to to a degree. Snakes are are used again in rituals. Yep. As they are in some Christian sects. <laughs> right. Right. The snake is tied to uh, loa in in some cases as well, either in form or in thought. But yeah, there there are uses of snakes, but it has a it has a completely different context from Satan. Or in oh, the Garden the of Eden. Serpent, right, right. I that, get you. That junk. So, 
Uh, so, uh, Dave. Yeah, Dave. That's uh, <laughs> that's voodoo for you. In, oh in man! A, in a very small, uh, in an intercontinental, ritualistic, evolving nutshell. That's awesome. Yeah, voodoo. Very cool. Very oh, cool. Lo- very uh, um, misrepresented. Yeah, a really a really rich, interesting uh, religious system that um, I, it got it got a really bad shake. Yeah. And, when uh, you I think, think of the religions of the world, you—I I bet you don't think voodoo, right? But that's—it's up there. It's there, man. It doesn't yeah. have all the glitter and polish of Hinduism, but it's—it's—it's it's, it's fighting. It's work. It's working. Keep it man. on. Keep it on. Speaking of keeping on, keeping on. What? I'm gonna—I'm gonna cast a little little hoodoo voodoo on you right now. Don't. It's called the puns. Oh, I'll take that. Yeah, and I'll give—I'll give back to you tenfold. Oh, nice. <laughs> Well, uh, I went first last week. I always have to go first, so why don't you go first? <laughs> Let's see. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, I, I got a, a product for you to start out with. Okay. If you're ever, you know, celebrating Thanksgiving, let's say, mm-hmm. um, you you need something to uh, invoke the spirits of, of the holiday and, and uh, maybe cast some good luck over your house, or if you just need to draw those spirits into your home. You can pour some symbols on the floor in the in a very tasty thick sauce uh-huh. called grave. <laughs> I like that. Grave. Grave. Not the veve. Alright, I got I got one for you. Pictures are intricate and delicious. Uh one thing that uh has actually been bothering the leaders of the various um uh Vodou sects is is this separation between them when really they, they share such a common ancestry and they, they should be getting together. They should be trying to rejoin them. Um, and they've, they've been really working to try to achieve uh, sexual healing between the, the three of them. Because when they got that sexual. feeling, they want sexual healing. Sexual uh, healing. Sir, can I look in your bag for a second? Because <laughs> you almost snuck that into the stadium. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, when is he going to tell the joke? <laughs> Sexual healing. Yeah. What a jackass. All right. Uh, <laughs> Aren't you just a dick? <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, I've got I've got a Haitian store for polos, khaki shorts, flip-flops, baseball caps. It's called Brodu. Oh, God. You want to look good, Brodu? Uh, Did you practice some Brodu? Uh it's actually pr- ter- uh, properly pronounced Bradu. <laughs> All right, I got one for you. Um, Good. Uh, so the U.S. government is part of their, uh, their, their census data. They're trying to determine, because it is a, a hidden uh, faith system, how many people are practicing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, uh, they've actually issued a report on the, the results of their census findings in the 2010 census, and it's called uh, uh, Who Do, Who Don't. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I got a bonus one for you. Do you? I really do. I do. Uh it's a uh it's a a, rom- a romantic comedy uh set back in the 50s about a guy who uh, on business has to move to Louisiana um and his his wife had died and he's mm-hmm. got uh two adorable daughters and they're trying to fix him up with uh, the woman next door who mm. has an interesting religious system. And the uh, the movie's called 
Papa loves Mambo. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> Why is everything I do musical all of a sudden? I don't know, but, uh, but I keep got it, it in me, yeah. Although it's uh, uh, not Godsmack, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm, I'm on the island alone on that well, one. Well, I, I would uh, argue that um, Godsmack maybe doesn't qualify as music. <laughs> I, got, I got a bonus one for you, too. Oh, look at here, look at here. I've, I've got the, the hottest new uh, DJ straight out of New Orleans. Oh, really? Yeah. She spins uh, uh, records that'll cast a spell on you. Okay. Yeah. She is uh, DJ Marie LaFlo. Oh, I like that. All right. I think I think that's uh, I, I think, think that's enough. Yeah, uh, yeah the, I think we've... the quota has been filled and we even uh, got a head start on tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's under your desk there? That's well, some fancy drawing. Oh, what is a, that? Wait just, a minute. It's just my shapely legs. No, no, on the floor. Looks like there's cornmeal scattered everywhere. Oh, I, I don't, I don't draw cornmeal oh, pictures to keep no. myself. That's a Vevey. No, trying... no, no, no. That's no. a DVD copy of Bebe's Kids. No, just... no, it's not. There's a little doll sitting on your computer. Yeah, but that, uh... in the shape of a listener. Mm, I was that trying. Vevey is gonna call some <laughs> listener puns in a listener fucking pun explosion <laughs> in your. Damn faces! Holy crap! Oh you, man, you uh, you, that that led listeners here like a beacon. Yeah, and uh, and we got a ton of feedback this oh, week. Oh really? You know how I know, you know how I really know? How electro metal listener pun sound. Wow! Yes, feed the souls of the innocent unto us. That is how much the w- email we got, and that's how yeah. hard it rocks. You, you get a, a you get a pun explosion, and you get an electro uh, pun sound. God, it's a good thing we just had that on deck, and you don't have to do any work. That's true. <laughs> Wait, no, it's not. <laughs> oh man, well let's dig in. Let's. You know what? Uh, do you mind? Do you mind if I just if I just lead into this? You want to lead in very badly. Okay. Because our good friend Bob, yeah, uh, has hit us with a novella of a pun. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah. Are you ready these. for this? I love backstories. Yeah, this is from our our Go Beckley Tepe episode. Nice. He supposes that the large multitude of people building Go Beckley Tepe needed a staple food supply and unwittingly invented farming. Their main crop was the world famous sugar beet. These same sugar beets were refined down to pure sugar, which was used to make the Gobe teas favorite food. Gobekli tapioca pudding. Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, things didn't go so good after the pun dropped. (laughs) Their poor farming techniques used up all the nutrients in the soil, forcing the Gobekli teas to pack up their rock tools and head on over to Stonehenge region of England. Boosh. And thus, a legend was born. Wow. Thank you, Bob. Awesome. I, I love it when a pun can take us on a journey. You know what? Also, a uh, special award to Bob. Uh, first pun with an epilogue. Because <laughs> how many times have we wondered, yeah, but... But, but what, what happens after the pun? Yeah, what happened the, when that guy didn't go knocking on that van that was rocking? Yeah. Finally answered it. Thank yeah. you, Bob. That was nice. 
Nicely done. Good to hear from you again, Bob. Very good. Uh, we got a we got another pun here for you. From who? From Gray Cat. <gasps> Fancy Cat is a very special feline. G R A E underscore Cat. That's who we got. That's uh, that's our fancy feast. Yeah. Um, so Gray Cat hits us with a brand of sweet potatoes called. Spring Hill Jack's sweet, sweet taters. <laughs> That's awesome. I am actually going to, I, I officially hereby rename, not that in my life I've ever made like a sweet potato casserole for Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. but this time I'm going to, and it will be called Sweet, Sweet Taters. Hi, hi, uh, Great Cat doesn't stop there. What? Yep. The the feast keeps getting fancier. Keep rolling, kitty. Keep rolling. <laughs> uh, Great Cat actually asks us uh, a question. Ooh, non-punular. Wants to know. Wants to know about us. Oh. Wants to get a little a little personal. Those records are sealed. <laughs> Great Cat asks, "How did you guys meet, and why did you decide to do a podcast together?" Well, that's an excellent question. Yeah, two of them. Yeah. Well. uh... I'll, I'll, you want, you I'll cover the it? first part. Okay. There's a two-parter. Yeah. Um, we met, uh, we are both uh, Chicago improvisers. We both worked through Second City and uh, and it's 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 a, there's a lot of improvisers in Chicago. It might be the number one industry, but it's not so big that you don't know other people. Right. And uh, I was actually in an improv group with uh, Mr. Flores' girlfriend. And then uh, sometime later, and I'd, I'd seen you. I've seen you. I'd seen you perform. I was aware of you being existing. Yeah. And then uh, a few years later, we were both on the same team, a Damascus Steel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, performed together quite a few times yeah, for for some time. And then uh, Mr. Flora made the exalted switch up to director. Yeah, yeah. And uh, directed me in a, a really great musical written by another friend of ours, Jay Gish, called Yojo, a real American hip hop musical. Fun which stuff. Was awesome. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that that's how we met. That's how we knows each other. Yeah, and when we were on Damascus Steel together, we did a podcast with the the team, mm-hmm. which <laughs> I kind of uh, organically uh, evolved a. A section, a section, and, yeah, yeah, of, had, of had, the podcast where I would bring a weird topic and and we would discuss it. And, yeah, and I mean, if if you're really interested in sifting up the DNA of our podcast, I think it's on. It's still on iTunes. Probably. It's called the the Steelcast. Yeah, yeah. And you'll you'll hear both of us as long as and as well as the uh, other talented members of our our improv group, Damascus Steel. And, right. And yeah, you'll you'll see Flora bringing the weird. Yeah, bringing that and that sort of planted the seeds and then. Um, we kind of all all got busy with yep. with that podcast and, and stopped doing it. So we, we got uh, so busy we stopped it. <laughs> we got busy with other other stuff like life, and uh, and I was like, hey Dave, um, you want to keep talking about uh, weird? Shit? And I was like, do I? <laughs> so six months later, we yeah. <laughs> we we finally uh, got stuff rolling. So that's yeah. that's what brings us here. That's um, right. And now you're the reason we do it. Yeah, that's right. We've transferred all of our love for each other onto you. We hate each other. <laughs> that's not true. So. <laughs> so that, uh, yeah, hopefully that you answers go. your questions. A and history thanks, for you. Thanks for uh, asking about yeah. us. I'd like to know a little more about you, Grey Cat. How'd you get so fancy? <laughs> 
What else we got? Oh, Stecco. The, the explosion keeps building. It does. I just keep digging through this awesome box. <laughs> awesome box. Um, I've got another pun. Oh, what? Yeah. We got a, a pun and a, a really great letter from a, a, a listener, JW, um, who I'm going to put it out there. This guy went above and beyond the call of duty. Sure did. Oh, man. Now, this, uh, uh, I say let guy, JW serve yeah. as, a, as a model. Yeah, exactly. JW, uh, be it man or woman, is a model citizen of our community <laughs> uh, because uh, JW lives off the grid. No Facebook, none of those things, no Amazon, none of that craziness. Good on you. Created an avatar on iTunes just to, give, just to leave a review. Call blimey. What? <laughs> That's a ton of work, and they did it just for us. Thank you, JW. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. And left. I actually had to stop reading this because I started laughing so hard. (laughs) (laughs) JW and I are going to be great friends (laughs) because I love just just what starts as just a normal pun and then just just the the nonspecific rage and then right back to the pun again. It was great. And I I, we're we're besties from here on out. Uh, here we go. This is uh, from our, our podcast uh, where we're talking about the uh, Book of Enoch. Yep, Fallen Angels. It's a niche clothing and footwear outfit for those furry f***s in Return of the Jedi for when their shooting hoops are just getting dolled up. <laughs> Enoch's foxy knee socks and Reeboks for Ewoks. May the farce be with you. <laughs> <laughs> and he finished it with a shout out to Dig It Toots. Oh, wow. Well played. Tweeble, my neighbor. <laughs> that, is, that is one of the greatest things on earth. Because anyone who hates an Ewok is a friend of mine. That's awesome. He's also, he was also a fan of our uh, dramatic reading of Jimmy Tupper versus the Goatman of Bowie. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he, he suggests we, we do some reviews of, of other low-budget uh, films. That's a brilliant like that, idea. Which, and yeah, I love. I think we're absolutely going to do that. We'll have to, we'll have to yeah, really we'll find, have to find, find them. them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they're out there. We just talked to, we, we, we've seen Sharknado. Of right. Course, you know, they're out there. Yeah. So thank, thank you, oh, JW, man. for writing thank you, in. Thank you, JW. Uh, we get a a, a, a a returner. Yay! Uh, Gerald writes us back. It's like it's like a nice volley. It's like it's like in volleyball. Like yeah, when yeah. The ball keeps going back and forth. That's the fun. Yeah. Gerald actually actually tells us a little bit of, uh, about our supposed Greek friend oh, yeah. who we know and love so much. Yeah, I did. You know what? You know what? You know what? Gerald taught me. I thought his name was Greeky. <laughs> it's not <laughs> it's actually. Not. It's. Yeah. Uh, he says, you know that Giorgio Sucralos is ethnically Greek. Sounds like Sucralos. Look out. He's bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> but he says, were you aware that he was born in, uh, depending on the source, either Switzerland or Belgium? Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. How, how, how cool. Thanks, uh, thanks for passing that little nugget on. Yeah, and thank you for listening. Uh, thank you very, very much for that. And also, uh, listen, uh, I get in some trouble with the cops. All right. That's just me doing my business. And I appreciate your concern, but, uh, I've got some cash stacked away for bail money. Um, <laughs> Stecco, does that, uh, does that change your, uh, stance on, on, uh, Mr. Aliens at all? No. So you're, you're just, you're just in it for the ethnicity. Man, you know what? It doesn't matter where he comes from. He's crazy's crazy and bad decisions are bad decisions. You know, it's just it's just easiest to blame the Greeks. <laughs> That's what I like about it is that it's easy. Yeah. Um fun fact about me. 
my one of my favorite writers of all time is Jack Candy, former <laughs> SNL writer, uh, who everyone would recognize from Deep Thoughts. Sure, but he's a real person, and he writes books. And uh, one of my favorite Deep Thoughts of all times is, you know, it's it's easy to sit there and want and want more money, and that's what I like about it. It's so easy, just sitting there wanting that money. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you, Gerald, for yes, writing back. Yes, thank you, Gerald. And uh, let's see what... Oh, man. There's so much mail in the mailbag. <laughs> we got one more. Yeah, we got we got a great letter uh, from a friend, Dylan. Hey, Dylan. Dylan has one of my favorite opinions in the world, and it's that um, he likes our podcast. Oh, that's a good opinion. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that. Has a great show suggestion. Uh, so about uh, black-eyed kids. Oh, hello. Yeah. Not... A uh, fusion hip hop techno group. Nope. By the way, I do have a conspiracy theorist about the Black Eyed Peas. I, I'm not the originator of this. I think I read it on the internet somewhere that they're actually the time traveling children of Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt. <laughs> Come back to somehow subvert the Earth in the future. It all adds up and it all matches. Okay. Yeah, I'm just all I'm saying. Boom, boom, pow. Uh, but yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, Black Eyed Kids. Really creepy thing. Uh, this is this is sitting in our quiver right yeah, now. Yeah, absolutely. This, this is an arrow, and you're gonna get shot. <laughs> <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna get one to the butt on That's this. That's right. I, I I don't like releasing uh, doves too early because people just get feathers, and there's there's all kinds of mites oh, that might get on me. you. You're telling me. But black eyed kids might be part of blurry photober. Oh, blurry photober, it's spooky and crazy. Uh, along with a few other suggestions that oh, we man. have gotten, uh, and and you know who you are, maybe. Yep. <laughs> we'll make sure we find out who you are. But Wait, that sounded like a threat. I didn't mean it that way. We <laughs> we have uh, we do we do have have some arrows that that have blurry photober. Uh, on Written, them, yeah, we're gonna shoot them at the month, and not at you, and not at you, and and you're you're gonna reap the the rewards of yeah. of this archery competition. Uh, Black eyed kids, uh, yeah, in that's awesome. in there, ready uh, ready to go. So thank uh, you, Dylan. Yeah, and and thanks for listening. Thanks for yeah. coming to us and, and finding us, and uh, we appreciate all of you, like the little snowflakes that you are. Each of you are perfect in mine eyes. Keep sending stuff in. Send whatever you want. We, but, you know what? We can handle explosions. Yeah. We just did. <laughs> like like really well. Yeah. Weren't we great? Yeah. I mean, and I mean, more emails means that I get to pimp Flora into making a more elaborate listener mail sound. <laughs> we'll see how, let's see how far we can push this guy. <laughs> you, know, you know, maybe maybe sit back and just smile and nod. Maybe that's what, how you enjoy this podcast. <laughs> oh, yes. Awesome. Yes, indeed. You guys, what uh, what you need to do... And mm-hmm. uh, I don't have to cast a spell uh, for you because I will know. I, I know that you will do this uh, yeah. yourselves. But you could head on over to iTunes and uh, subscribe on there and rate us and put us yeah. stars and a review. Pour pour a little uh, praise over us. the uh, <laughs> pour a little praise over the altar on iTunes. Oh yeah, it's great. Thanks thanks to and those of you who have sugar uh, on me. Uh, who have rated us lately. We really appreciate that. We got an, a new review on there. That's oh great. sweet, yeah. We it's it's. 
I'd like to change this. I'd like it to be something that happens so much that we can't possibly track each individual one. Yeah, we can't keep one. up with it. But right now, we can keep up with it. <laughs> so far, it's it's very manageable, and I'd like to see that change. Uh, do us a favor, if you're on the Facebooks, uh, head on over to Blurry Photos Podcast on Facebook and give us a like. Yeah. We're over 100 now. Hey, hey, Woo-hoo! hey. We got that lock of hair coming to us from yeah. the, uh, the royal the, family. The so so go on do that go over to uh, YouTube and subscribe to us on there. Yep. We'll be we'll be hopefully getting some good stuff on there soon besides the podcast. Yeah, we got some we got we got some some frogs in the pot. Yeah. That's not even a phrase. It is Just, now. It felt good to say it. <laughs> uh head over to StumbleUpon, create an account, learn how to do it, and then go and thumbs us up. <laughs> All of those things. <laughs> Uh, go go follow us on the Twitters, uh, blurry underscore photos. That's yeah, fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this, Flora. Is it was it worth it for the sake of of delicious sarcasm to create a MySpace for us? Probably not. No. Okay. I was just wondering. I mean, apparently, MySpace, if you even do it now, is mostly for bands, right? Oh, are you? Have you heard the sweet tracks we've kicked out? Do you remember? The Fallen Angels episode? It was practically a musical, man. <laughs> You're right. We did, uh, I think we did Disney and uh, Top Gun. Yeah, and so. we did the crap out of it, so <laughs> we'll right, do that. Well, maybe, maybe we'll look into MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, ironically, I've missed, I've missed Tom so very much. <laughs> Uh, here's the deal. If uh, if you want to make your, your, your people in your lives listen to us, they don't know what a podcast is. Take a few minutes and, and teach them. Yeah, I don't lose your cool. It it can be frustrating, but just walk them through. And you know what? I'm not even saying that just for our podcast. I'm saying that for podcasts in general. You listen to podcasts. We're not the only ones you listen to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let other people know how cool they are. Yeah, a and lot of people don't understand either what a podcast is or, yeah. or how it works or, or anything like that. And you've it's done still, that. We're in new territory right now. Yeah. And it's and, and everyone who's listening to this at some point has had to try to explain a podcast to someone. Right. Um, and it's it's as easy as saying, just hand me your damn phone, you <laughs> idiot. And then, boom, you just like set them up with four or five podcasts and be like, you don't have to listen to all of them. You just listen to something that sounds interesting. Yeah. Um, so but we're, we're doing a service. We're fighting for all podcasts. You, you can teach your friends uh, to fish, and then they will be fed off off of our podcast from mm-hmm. then on, is what I'm trying and to they say. they won't be bugging you for fish anymore, dude. That way, it's not just like, hey, listen to these guys, and then they're like, okay, because like, what? Yeah. But they're, they're, I don't see them in, in the CDs on, at the <laughs> store. Not yet. There's no, not, they're there's not no, in the bargain there's, bin. There's no stores that sell CDs Best Buy. anymore. <laughs> uh, so anyways, uh, uh, do do a, a community service, teach people. Uh, yeah. Man, that's that's all. Can we get that uh, Can we get that sound effect again? Thank you. Yeah. yeah. See? We're here for you. So for this episode of Blurry Photos, I have been Davey LaFleau. Nice. And I am David the Whiskey Loa Stecco. <laughs> Make your offerings. <laughs> I'm not the one who's so far away oh. when I feel the snake bite into my bed. Never Goodbye. did I want to be here again. Goodbye. And it's I over. don't remember. Nope. Bye. Man, it's like it's like you keep trying to pull the e-brake to stop the car, and it just keeps going. It snaps off. <laughs> <laughs>